We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow, and Doyle Raider. We are joining you uh, about eight o'clock on Wednesday night. If uh, if you're getting this in your feed on on Thursday morning or Wednesday night, uh, know that I did a locker room of a, a live reaction show to what we're about to talk about here, and it's been a absolutely wild news day for the Dallas Mavericks for the first time in i mean it's got to be 25 years that there isn't anybody with the surname of nelson affiliated with either the dallas coaching or dallas front office because donnie nelson is no longer employed by the dallas mavs yeah um pretty shocked i don't know it's 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 kind of a weird blend of like shocking from the sense that of that someone of that tenure is just now gone but also not shocking because I think all three of us have been talking about that that the results of the last two seasons, like something like this was what broke the dam. Like this something had to change uh, after, you know, their playoff exits in these last two seasons. So it's kind of like we were kind of waiting for something to fall. And obviously Tim Cato's story in The Athletic uh primed us for for some sort of change but even before that story i think we were all pretty well attuned to the to the fact that something was going to happen and it, it happened today so the basic gist of the news was who was it who broke the story sham shrania broke yeah, the broke story it. it was confirmed by tim mcmahon within minutes and then it was just kind of a free-for-all because 
I think where I'm sitting on the story, and this is where I would love to kind of get your guys' reactions, is I've been on a number of shows, listened to a number of shows. We've lamented about wanting some change for for a long time, you know, going back years, if we're honest. But I was sort of of the opinion that they would give it one more year before doing something like this. And, I mean, do we think that Tim Cato's athletic story really moved the needle? Or do we think this was because I kind of do, to be honest, I think he he pulled the scab off about how weird things are, um, because uh, according to the to, to sort, you know, information that's out there, somebody reported um, that this was the decision that Cuban made on Sunday, which was that was when Tim basically sent them, you know, most of the story to give comment on. So I had heard before the playoffs even started, just, you know, talking around to people that. There was talk of a potential front office shakeup if things didn't go well in the playoffs. And mm. I, you know, I can't say that the Mavericks had everything go right, but I thought that that first round series was pretty fun. They should have won it. But yeah, not getting out of the first round is enough of a grievance, I would say, to pull the trigger. Now, I hadn't heard that it might be something of this magnitude. I kind of just figured it would be like, you know, like the the Bob Volgara stuff, letting him go or something. That that's kind of where where my mind wandered after I heard that. But yeah, Donnie being gone is a kind of <laughs> kind of a, a a weird and unique sensation. Honestly, having covered the team for as long as all as all as we as uh, we have. Um, but yeah, there 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 was definitely talk and at least rumor of a shakeup pending if, if things didn't go well. So I don't think Tim op- necessarily opened the floodgates, but uh, it, he definitely brought light to the fact that things were a little less, uh, I don't know, idyllic as the Mavericks like to paint themselves. Yeah. I mean, Tim came, Tim and, and Josh and I spoke two days ago, which, I mean, that feels like a lifetime ago already. And one of the things Tim really kind of wanted to make clear was that the story was not supposed to be about Haralabas Vogaris. It ended up being a big chunk about that. But he was really, you know, from what the information that he put together, he walked away with the feeling that, you know, you know, something was rotten in the state of Denmark in that, you know, if the Mavericks have two GMs, then they really have no GMs. And this, you know, moving on from Donnie Nelson was the last thing I expected. I I didn't necessarily think they'd move on from her all boss, but like, this is, this is weird because that story, a lot of people, I mean, we had, you know, friend of the show, Jonathan Sharks go on, on, on Bill Simmons ringer podcast today and very heavily lay on his opinion that he that he felt like this was a a Donnie Nelson punted hit job. Well, if that's the case, moving on from Donnie, it's just really odd. Like, it, am I making sense on that? Like, I just I, I'm I'm trying to kind of process how I feel about all this. Yeah, I mean, everything laid to like the process of following what we've been hearing, and like what Doyle said, he even thought like that the shakeup meant that. Uh, vulgaris would be gone and then you have the story and you just kind of think the easy move is okay let's can the guy that has no good favor in the public in you know public opinion he's the guy that's pissed off luca and the story like he's the guy that's only been here for a couple years oh coincidentally these last two off seasons have been 
disastrous when you when you really sit back and think about where the team should be right now and and where they were before Volgaris was hired. I mean, it all lined up perfectly to cast Volgaris as a scapegoat. Um, And so I guess, yeah, that is the surprising part of it is that, you know, this did not happen, but I think we've heard rumors, you know, the ringers, Kevin O'Connor insinuated that uh, Volgaris' contract will expire later this summer and he will be done with the Mavs. Uh, Some people have pushed back on that. So we're not really sure what's going to happen there. So this might be just like a full complete teardown and the fact that the Mavericks are hiring a firm to search for a replacement would at least insinuate that Vulgaris isn't going to get a permit. Isn't going to get a promotion uh, or at least doesn't make it likely. So, well, I mean, do we want to kind of hop right into that? Because, you know, (laughs) Haralabob had himself a day online where within the last 24 hours he had put, um, what did it, what was it? Head Head collector. uh, head collector which he then edited at some point today to say uh crypto head collector you know what's a nod after everyone gave him shit online about it yeah and if you go through his twitter likes he's favoriting some really weird things and there's an there's some reddit stuff which allegedly i should probably say that allegedly is you know could be him like some very very weird behavior and it's you know if he stays with the mavericks i will have a large problem with that because i'm an online idiot for fun and for this podcast and because it's something that i do when i spend my time i'm not director of analytics of a multi-billion dollar franchise or you know in terms of worth a, a billion you know billion dollar franchise like that this sort of stuff is is petty and and beneath professional behavior and goes back towards so the sort of stuff where it's like if you read Tim's piece, the, the large scale come away is that everyone that Tim talked to thought the guy was an asshole. <laughs> so And it I wasn't just, just the people Tim talked to, Kirk. You said you don't really get into this side of the business and you had people unsolicited reach out to you and be like yeah. He's an asshole. Not with the yeah. math. Like not even. No, I mean, and then there was math like people. a bunch of because he's in he was a professional gambler long ago. There were like other gamblers that were just like, this guy doesn't know how to human. And you know, that is what it is. Like, neither do I to some respect. But it's just it's it's kind of odd that he would he would be in this position of prominence. You know, the whole like like to dis- discuss Tim's story a little bit more. Haral, you know, it's not like we ever saw a Mavericks flowchart, but but Volgaris essentially had a spot that was outside of the lines of of chains of command, and that created problems. There is no other way to read that story other than that. Like that was strange, and it's just the more I come back to it, like this is just you know. Hopefully, the Mavericks, like you mentioned earlier, really do a complete teardown. You know, they need to bring in the Bobs from Office Space and start talking about okay, what well, is it you say you do here? Because, you know, you and I've talked about this for years, drafting Luka Doncic, congratulations. I'm really proud of the Mavericks for making the easy choice. I'm uh, what I am very frustrated by. And I have heard this at length is that it took Rollabob to get Mark Cuban to go to, to be convinced to go get Luka. Donnie Nelson and Tony, uh, what was his last name? 
uh, Rang. Zone. Yeah, Runs, it, yeah, they knew about Luca, but apparently couldn't convince Cuban. It took it took uh, uh, Mr. Volgaris to to push it over the edge, and then I I obviously can't confirm that, but I have heard that from enough people to make me think, okay, this is how this sort of thing, you know, this is the level of influence, you know, because Cuban didn't listen to Donnie about Giannis, and and. Yeah. I, I just find myself at this kind of crossroads of being very frustrated because Donnie Nelson is no longer here and I can understand the need for new blood, but Cuban remains the problem and nobody wants to talk about that. Instead, we're getting all these local media reporters and we should get into this later who are very, very upset that they've lost their source. Yeah. uh, (laughs) No, it's, I mean, it's, it's weird to talk about Donnie and his, like past tense yeah <laughs> and it's weird i mean he's been here for so long like there's just not a lot of guys in his position years. yeah not a lot of guys in his position last that long with a team and it's hard to kind of, because like when you've been with a team for so long and in, in that in that in that role like he's had some winners he's had some like he's had some losers like you don't like you don't be in this business for that long and not have your fair share of bad deals. And you're also your fair share of good deals. But the point of inflection of course is, is 2011 and the new CBA. And that's when the Mavericks stopped winning in the playoffs, obviously. And that's when the strategy felt like it changed. And it's hard to say like how much of this is Donnie, how much of this is Cuban, because it's pretty like before that new CBA, uh, Cuban was spending money like nobody's business. They were giving away draft picks. They were one of the highest uh, payrolls in the NBA, and they would change out guys every every other year. It felt like to get Dirk new teammates, even if it cost Cuban money. And then that new luxury tax penalty hit, and it just stopped. I mean, the Mavericks' uh, mo since 2011 till now has been. We will spend the big, big money on the star max contract level free agents. But if we don't get them, we're going to go cheap and we're going to do Oakland A's money ball. And we are going to try to find low cost guys on the margins that will give us that we believe because we are smart uh, that that these these guys paid for a fraction of the cost of some of these other guys, but will give us similar or you know comparable production. And obviously in the NBA, you know, Maybe you can do that a little bit in baseball. Obviously, you can do that a little bit in the NBA because the Mavs have had some success with this, but not enough. And talent usually wins out, especially in the NBA. And how much of that is is Donnie? How much of that is Cuban telling Donnie, this is what you have to do? This is what, These are the, the terms of engagement, so to speak. Like That's the stuff that we just don't know. But the thing is that I want to emphasize, and Doyle, I'll get to you because I know I've been, I've been bogarting the, the time here, but... The thing that I want to emphasize is that Volgaris was here for two off seasons mm-hmm. in 10 years of bad in terms of successful, in terms of being a successful, you know, winning in the playoffs franchise. So as much as the Donnie people want to blame Volgaris for, for doing all the things that have been bad the last two years, I mean, there's still eight, seven, eight years beyond that where oh, nothing yeah. else really happened either. So yeah. It was time for a change, but at the end of the day, if that change does not involve Mark Cuban having some sort of self-reflection on how involved he should be with the basketball operations and how much he will trust someone to make basketball decisions, like it almost doesn't even matter what what who, who the new guy is. Uh, so that's kind right. of the big point for me. 
And, uh, you know, to your point of them finding, like, some, you know, low-rent players that they, you know, made project pieces, they they have done that. I, I think Dorian's probably their, their poster boy for that these days. But, uh, yeah, it seems like the team has always been planning for, like, the next big thing two years out and then just whiffing horribly. Like, this summer was supposed to be the summer they – went after Giannis, you know, but hey, he signed an extension last year and their entire plans crumbled. Like this is just kind of the, uh, you know, wash, rinse, repeat of the, of the Mavericks for the past 10 years. And yep. it's like, it's all started with whatever, whatever you want to call it, plan powder or something back after when they sold Eric Dampier, it was crazy. And they've just been doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's been, Absolutely futile. I think they've gotten, you know, a handful of good players that either did or didn't work out to some to some level of of uh, you know extent. But yeah, there's they they want to swing at big fish. They took a swing for Porzingis that hasn't yet that has yet to really bear full fruit, and it's just it's just been a comedy of like errors. Unfortunately, like Luca is kind of fell in their lap because a few other teams are just dumb. Like, <laughs> dumber GMs than Donnie. Well, I, you know, for, for for Josh and I, and probably for you too, like, this goes back to 2011, where there was a new collective bargaining agreement, and the Mavericks went about selling themselves as the only guys who understood it, and has been proven the case time and again they haven't. So right. the, the Donnie Nelson thing, I largely have no problem with. I mean, Donnie Nelson is an extremely important figure to bat, like professional basketball history. I talked about this earlier today where I think everyone should really go look up the various things he's been a part of. For a 58-year-old man, he has had an incredible amount of influence on basketball and some of the decisions he's made. The things that I've kind right. of been, been curious about fall back to, I wonder how interested he is in this job. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe he was actually part, you know, I don't know when you say mutually agreed to part ways, like that's a euphemism sometimes for getting canned, but part of me wonders how much he wants to do this anymore because, you know, you, you know, he kind of got cucked by her Bob and, and that, you know, for, you know, two years, the, the, the 2020 draft story is, is the thing that really sticks out in my mind where it's like, if you have a, a scouting department and all this work and you do all these things and you end up having a guy who, you know, uses his Python code or whatever to say, all right, I really like these prospects. This is who we should draft. And Cuban goes with it. I wouldn't have worked there anymore if that was me. Like, you're just getting undercut left and right. So maybe he, you know, maybe it's like they really did mutually agree to part ways. Now, if if that's, you know, the case, I'm going to be kind of fairly frustrated because it's to me, this isn't just, you know, the, I, I think about Tim's story and the two GMs. And while I will say, and this is where, you know, some of our staff at Mavs Moneyball disagree, like, I don't agree with this entire process from either side because Luca is the hard part. And now we have all these people who are fawning all over themselves to figure out, oh, I'm the smart one. I know to do make this move or that move. You know, again, quit pissing away Luca's years and just go build a better team. Nothing. <laughs> oh, I was gonna let Doyle go because I've been talking too much. Doyle, okay, go, well, go ahead. <laughs> then I'll go. I mean, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, this is the time is now. Like, you have to like really attack this now. And I don't know what their options are. Like, 
it, they have to get better players. But first things first, they have to have a GM. Like, I don't know what kind of role, you know, Volgaris is going to have. I mean, I assume it's going to be somewhat similar, but like, if they bring in a pretty strong-willed GM that's just like, all right, nope, you're gone. I mean, he might be gone anyway once his contract runs up. We don't know. We talked about that. But they can't have that dynamic where someone is, like, in Cuban's ear overriding the GM. I mean, I think that's kind of the situation that we saw play out a little with um, Garrison Rosas, you know, years ago when when they brought him in and when he realized that he wasn't going to have the say or the powers – that he expected to in that position, you know, he was, he was right out the door. Like it was like a week or something like that. It was crazy. And now he's what up a GM in Minnesota or something like that. And so they need to really just have one central figure doing this work and people around them that, you know, will whip the team in, into place and do all the hard research and come to consistent consensus on uh you know, players and personnel. And, you know, to your point earlier, Kirk, Cuban's always going to be there. He's kind of like a weird pseudo GM in a way, like a little bit like Jerry Jones. Like, I guess that's a, that's a pretty good comparison right there, especially here in Dallas. But he's always going to have a say because he's the owner. And he feels, I feel like he really is one of the few owners that really kind of gets involved with these decisions and doesn't just leave it up to like, you know, the people he's hired. And it's weird to see him be so involved on this aspect of things when he's been so uninvolved with other elements of the, within the organization, some of which have been fairly you mean like a sexual, over the years. Uh, like, like, like a sexual harassment culture. He's, a, he's not very yes. interested in that, but very interested yes. in personnel decisions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Very interested in, uh, you know, going to the club with Chandler Parsons and signing mm. him there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree. This is all very silly and kind of boils back to Cuban in a large regard. And, He's not going anywhere. I mean, unless he, unless like Bill Parcells rolls through and says, Jerry Jones, this is how I'm going to do this. You need to stay out. I, I just don't see anything changing really. Yeah. And what's really, what, what's going to be super curious about this is just how, cause that, if we're saying that, you know, what is the people that work in the league saying? And that's going to be really interesting in the, in terms of like this GM search, like how are they going to find someone? Because, it's kind of like when the Cowboys are looking for a coach, uh, for a coach, the coach kind of has to understand, well, you're working with Jerry and you know, they kind of, that kind of sometimes trims down the, the pool of candidates. Cause some people are just like, well, I, I need more power. And that same thing for like the, this GM spot, like, are, are they going to get the cream of the crop candidates? Because those candidates might look at Dallas and be like, well, I'm, I mean, I'd love to go to that organization. I would love to try to build a team around Luca. But if you, Mark, if you're the real, you know, if you are the, the the true GM and you just need me for for getting draft picks at, at pick 18 that you're not interested in and you want to be the guy that, that runs the show in terms of making the big money moves, like that's going to hurt them in their, in, their, in their GM search, I would think. So it's really up to Cuban if he wants to rein back a little bit, which is we don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, and that's that's what I'm really curious about with this GM search is like, what kind of candidates are they going to interview and, and what is Cuban going to be telling these guys? We won't really know uh, unless, you know, some reporting comes out, but like that, this is a big inflection point for him. Like 
this is a big change. This is the biggest change the front office has had since Cuban has been here. Sure. And that's not a lot like that's crazy to, to say, but it is. So uh, I'm, I wonder what will happen. And, but another thing I was thinking about while Doyle was talking, um, Donnie has been here forever and relationships matter. And I think something we know is he has a ton of relationships, relationships with, with people in Dallas, with, with the media, but also with like other teams. And uh, something that I've found interesting is that since the CBA has changed in 2011, there's also been a shift in team building dynamics. And obviously we've seen the rise of the super team. We've seen a little bit of what, you know, the player empowerment and players trying to wield star players, trying to wield the power to, to go to franchises that they want to go to, even if they're under contract, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And that's all been happening, you know, basically since LeBron's decision, which, you know, basically happened after, you know, 2011 kind of, they kind of coincide with each other. And I'm curious, like, was Donnie and was this Mavericks front office, were they prepared? Because they are, I mean, they're kind of relatively old school in a way, in the sense that Donnie's been around forever. Were they prepared for this new landscape of how the NBA works in terms of team building? Like, you look at what a lot of GM changes have been, like, and eight, two of the most prominent franchises in the NBA are the Lakers and the Knicks. And I know the Knicks haven't been very good lately, but they're, they're trying. But they're run by former agents. Um, that and agents have a lot of uh relationship with players, and I just wonder if that aspect of it it just maybe harmed. I don't know if this is true, I'm just kind of spitballing, but I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that part of it. It just it feels like the way you build an NBA team is significantly different right now than it was maybe in when you know Donnie Nelson was at the top of his game wheeling and dealing in 2010 2009 you know making changes then like i just wonder if he was able to i don't want to say keep up but it was just it's different right like and i'm just curious how much that goes into something like this well uh, if at all i think that plays directly into the story that i dumped onto the internet yesterday basically you know listing 10 years of cuban saying dumb shit to where you know how are you you know between the rise of more of more player uh, you know advocacy for their own futures and Mark Cuban letting the world know that he doesn't think superstars are superstars. There's a certain amount of hands that are tied. Um, I do think there's, there's a lot to what you were talking about, but you know, the Mavericks and, and really judging by the local media reaction, I think there's, this is kind of the thing that I, I've walked away from it is that <laughs> Donnie nor the local Dallas media has any damn idea about how the NBA works and I don't mean to to be too mean about that, but I'm really frustrated because you have all these people who are like, well, I just, I don't know how this is going to go. And, you know, I can tell you how this is going to go. You and I talked about it in 2019 when they messed up that offseason where we said, this is the groundwork for, for Luka Doncic leaving. And, and, you know, every, we got ridiculed for that. And, you know, hopefully we're very wrong. But it, it's it's just not as complicated as these people are making it where you have – a certain class of NBA player and who and and where that line sort of stops is hard to identify, but there's between 20 and 25 players who dictate everything else. Luka Doncic is in the top five. And when he realizes that he has this kind of authority, the Mavericks are going to be in a different 
kind of trouble. Trouble is not really the right word. I mean, but it's just they need to opt. So they need to build and create a team that that understands that at some point Luca's going to look around and say, "I'm six and a half years into my career. Have I done what I wanted to do by this point in time?" Right. Uh, and go ahead. So, so far, you can say no. <laughs> 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 he he hasn't three years in, but uh, you know, to your point, Josh, if if the Mavericks have adapted to the modern NBA, I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall. They were trying to put a super team around Dirk, but then you know, Cuban just didn't show up to the Darren Williams uh, <laughs> interview, and Darren Williams decided not to come. It's a it's a whole comedy of errors, but and and it never panned out for him after that. But yeah, like. They have, like, Luka will dictate everything this team does for the next few years. Whether he's vocal about it or not, everything centers around him and what he needs and what he wants. Like, I know that, like, people are like, oh, no, Luka had a great relationship with Donnie. He's livid in Slovenia. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He, he's probably like, oh, well, that's business. I'm here to try and get my team into the Olympics for the first time ever. That's what he's there doing, okay? Yeah. He yeah. he doesn't care about this. Like he doesn't care about this deeply enough. Like I I can't believe some of the stuff I saw today. It was just outrageous. These these claims that were flying out. It, it was it reminded me of the Chris Broussard tweet about Cuban driving around looking for DeAndre Jordan's house. Like that that was the level of of absurdity that I was reading some of this stuff that was coming out with. But they have to. They have to literally do something and they have to do it now. <laughs> like he, he's going to sign the supermax. Sure. He's all but said it, you know, he, impl- you know, that, that giant ass grin. He said that like, you already yeah. know the answer. Are you going like, to take a fifth of a billion dollars? Yeah. Yes. 22 years old. <laughs> he, he is absolutely going to do that. And like, I've had so many like friends text me today, like, Oh no, things are problematic. I'm like, and I'm just, the deep no, guttural but, sighs when, like, my phone is blowing up with stuff like this. What the like, casual Dallas stop. fan doesn't understand and what the local media doesn't understand is that he can sign that contract and then in February he can issue an ultimatum of trade me or else. And the way yeah. the league works now, they'll have to do that. I don't like it either. Uh, that's something I, w- I would like to make clear. Like, I wish that the NBA wasn't so beholden because I don't feel this sort of thing is not really good for league movement, but individual autonomy is very important now. And, and, you know, fans tend to side with the player over the team and the way this has gone down. If I'm like, you know, if I'm Luka Doncic, just, just being kind of objective, I look at this sort of clown show and I wonder what's happening because if Cuban brings in a guy that I don't like, or that feels the need to issue um, either criticism or, or data, or present information to me in a way that pisses me off, I wonder at some point why this guy is still talking to me. I know it's not good to king make Luca this much, but we don't have a choice in this. It's how it works. And I'm just really confused by the sheer volume of people that don't seem to understand that. Yeah, and I'm confused with like people like, oh no, what's going to happen? And it's like, 
Man, I don't know what could happen. They could they could go ten years without winning a playoff series. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, that just happened. Like I don't get why everyone is is loot. Like, I mean, I know I know why they're losing it, but it's still it's just so silly. Like the 20, it, 2011 did not happen two three years ago. It happened ten years ago, and everyone should celebrate it. But like in terms of like ma- basing decisions off that and, and the future of the franchise, like it's time to like, just look at the reality of what it's been these last 10 years. And if your point is like, and that's the point, like, I don't know if it is, if that's Donnie, you know, I don't know how much of that is Cuban, but the point is, is that it's been bad for 10 years and something has to change. And now if it doesn't change and it's Cuban, you know, if, if, if it is really Cuban uh, that really kind of dictates all of this, then, you know, that's a problem that's almost unsolvable. You can't fire Cuban. So that that's just us going to be running and talk around in circles until he figures out that he needs to hire smart basketball people and let them let them do their jobs and then he he worries about everything else. Um, you don't think you can fire Cuban? I <laughs> would try to fire Cuban cuz right. I'm a moron. <laughs> but like I just these takes about like all oh, the maverick like i don't know what's gonna happen this could be bad and it's like well what what were the last 10 years like do you consider not winning a playoff series in 10 years to be good so i've got an answer for that well, the I answer know, for that is people have been buying into the pr awful. yeah yeah, yeah. But the, at the end of the day it doesn't matter who the gm is it just matters if the team gets better and i mean obviously all right that's stupid because it matters the who the gm is dictates who you know how the team gets built but i'm just saying like if the team gets better it doesn't matter if the guy that luca liked that drafted him is not the one who did it like the the team has to get better and if in five years the mavericks have made a western conference finals or they've made some progress and the team is better luca is not gonna he's not even gonna think about today like it that doesn't matter like it relate like he can get a new relationship with a new GM and he'll have a great one. If that new GM surrounds him with players that take him to the next level. Right. Like no one should know or care that Jim Paxton drafted LeBron James. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> like, like we just have to move like the worship of people who don't pound the basketball is starting to drive me nuts. Like, I'll cape for Rick Carlisle now and then, but you know what? Maybe it's time for him to go too. Maybe he should go coach the Bucks since Bud, uh, what's his name, sucks at his job up there in Milwaukee. Like this stuff just really frustrates me because Luca is the hard part, and everyone seems to forget that when talking about the the like court politics. And I just I just don't care. Yeah. Kurt, <laughs> can I read that tweet that I, that I got sent? Of the, course. The, uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it really sums all this up. To me, I feel like the like what's going on here. So someone sent me this tweet after I kind of talked about like what's going on here with people being like really upset about Donnie leaving and thinking that could have like horrible implications for the franchise. And someone tweeted me and said, I'm sitting here watching the team that traded Luca to us play in the second round of the playoffs and the uh, and another team that passed on him sitting at home waiting for their Western Conference Finals opponent. Like yeah. three no, teams, yeah. three teams passed on Luca. Two of them are in better positions than the Mavericks right now. That is, that is unacceptable. Like that is bang the table, unacceptable. And that just goes to show how bad it's been. And you want to lay the blame at Harl Bob? That's fine, but it was it was bad before that. And and it's not like 
Holobob was doing, like, if you want to blame him for the moves the last two years, those weren't moves that were, like, out of line with the Mavericks operating, like, standard, you know? Like, oh, trying to to find cheap guys on the margins after he struck out. Like, they were doing that in 2013, in 2014, in 2015. So, like, it's, at the end of the day, something has to get better, and you can't fire the owner. So this is kind of how it works, right? It yeah, is. And- I think I think to that point you just made a little bit ago, Kirk, that like so many people bought into the the PR that the Mavericks push out there, like, and that's why they're so like, oh no, Donnie's not here. What do we do? It's dangerous now. The Mavericks <laughs> are gonna fail. Like, no, like everything. Got news for people. Q- Donnie wasn't there a lot of the time. Right. <laughs> yeah, but every everything that Cuban. And Donnie have ever said has been PR spin. That is their job. And I really feel like with the exit interviews, what, like a week or a week or so ago last week, when people just went absolutely ballistic online when I was like, you know, live tweeting out, you know, little snippets of quotes from him, they went nuts. It, it, it's like they were taking it to heart. It's like they had never actually listened to him speak before. Like he says he has a script. He said the same thing over and over again. You know, Cuban has a script. He he like defends this team for better or worse. Like he went after Tim's story, called it total bullshit. Like it wasn't. Guess what? That's what Cuban's always gonna say because could, he could, is. Could Mark retweet my story, making fun of him, and give me all the clicks? Because. I mean, what a more like he probably did it on purpose. I don't know. I, I, there was a guy I mean, on my. I hope he would. There was a guy on my on 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 my my pod uh, on the locker room today who said something to the effect of, "My take is Cuban retweeted that story <laughs> in an attempt to get Haralabob out, and I just loved the fire of that take." <laughs> it's just like, oh sure, he wants he wants Haralabob to go. I don't know. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh yeah, so no, I've, I've seen people be like Cuban was the source for 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 the athletic story. Like he's playing, he's trying to like play mind games to get her all above out, which is kind of funny. Yeah, all, everyone like trying to say like Cuban or Donnie was the source. No, they weren't. <laughs> Let, let's just let's just put it out there: they were not. Y'all need to chill on that crazy rumor stuff. Well, we have like five minutes remaining before we get kicked from our own thing. Uh, I think what's what's going to be of of note in the next several days, and and really, this hiring should happen quickly, um, like very quickly, because free, yeah, free agency discussions, even though they're not legally according to, to rules allowed to happen until whatever it is, like August first or something like that, they're happening now. August, and yeah, August second. The a team without a GM is a team without a plan. Um, unless you just assume Mr. Bogaris is is the guy. So we'll be kind of covering the various sta- steps rather quickly. According to Mark Stein, um, Mike Finley, you know, former longtime Mav, Iron Man, we love Finley, but he's emerged as a front runner despite the fact that they're hiring, which is essential uh, a firm um, which I will I, I posted about uh, a firm that's essentially a. Um, headhunter for super sports GMs that has done a lot of the hiring for the NBA. Uh, so, so like those two things like directly conflict because if Finley was involved in the previous front office, like that, that you know, what you're largely getting and, and, you know, I'm just going to get in front of this now. I think Finley is more of the same. Um, 
unless you just do something completely differently. Because that was what you talked about earlier with Gerson Rosas is he brought all his people or tried to bring all his people and was told no. And so he quit the job and went back to Houston. Like if you're going to make a culture change, make a culture change. Don't just don't just, you know, you know, you know, try to shine it and, 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 and call it good now. Yeah, I'll agree. That's right. why I'm I'm very interested to see how this interview process goes because of Cuban's reputation and ha- Cuban standing in the league and people being more more than aware that Cuban has more basketball power with the Mavs than you would typically expect from an owner. So I'm just I don't know how it's going to go, but that's that that's like the that's the story to me to to watch going forward is is how is that process going to work? And does anything change from Cuban's end at all? Because if it doesn't, you know, I mean, we might be sitting here talking together in, in, in five or six months talking about how the Mavs, you know, signed a bunch of guys to, to $8 million contracts and, and, and whatever. So we'll, we'll see. I'll make, a, I'll make a not so bold prediction that they will have a new GM in place by July 4th. I need that. They have to. I, I don't want to. Like, I was hoping to take a damn vacation, and <laughs> please have <laughs> like, that. like stuff keeps happening. Oh well, this has been fun. This has been fun. Thank you both for taking part of your midweek again um, to talk Mavs news. Do you have anything else in the final few minutes before we get out of here? Um, no more breaking news because Megan is sick of it. I I, I feel I think- you. We need a quiet Mavs week, but I don't think we're going to get that for a, for a while. So, but hey, it's nope. fun. Well, you know, while we sleep, Woj bombs. So, oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. Well, this has been Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow, and Doyle Raider of Mavs Moneyball. Doyle also works for Forbes. You should check out his really great work there. We'll be pumping content out for the rest of the week. I've been really shocked and really amazed at how good our staff has been about writing things in the off season. We try to put out like one post a day. Uh, just to sort of keep up with things. And we put out three to four, <laughs> just like guys, like with thoughts and random things, we're going to do some fun stuff. So please check in with the site and we will talk soon. This, uh, this has been Kirk, Josh and Doyle, Maz Moneyball After Dark, and we will talk to you later. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.